I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Down the blind, Andrew Gunn. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and won the grand final. It's got the ball. Jared Welcome back to Supercoach Corner with the Rugby League Guru. Brought to you by Moneyball, Australia's favourite daily fantasy sports platform. If you're interested in playing Moneyball, uh, you can click the link in the Guru's bio on his Instagram page. Uh, Essentially, you use your Supercoach skills and knowledge to turn your money into real cash prizes. Um, Over the weekend, I played in about four contests, ended up making a profit of about $160 off the $15 that I put in on the Friday night. So definitely money to be made there, and especially with the old uh, coronavirus floating around, I'd advise if you're going to play, jump in now because you don't know how long footy's going to be around for. I take advantage of it now, especially early in the season. If you know your footy and you know your fantasy sports, whether it's super coach or fantasy, it's worth taking advantage of. Remember to only play if you're over the age of 18, and as always, gamble responsibly. The link's in our bio. Jump in and have a red-hot crack. Uh, we'll continue with the show now. We've got Natty on. We're going to talk everything from round one of Supercoach and the NRL. Let's get stuck in. Hey, Natty. Welcome back, mate. How are we traveling? G'day, Guru. What's going on, mate? Not too much, just uh, in quarantine, avoiding the old coronavirus. Have you heard about it? Nah, nah, what's that? It's um, what, it's like the flu or something? Yeah, just a handy flu that's apparently making everyone shit themselves beyond belief. Yeah, fair call, fair call. That's what all the fucking craziness was going on at the supermarket this afternoon. Okay, fair call, fair call. No, I'm going to, um, I might self-quarantine myself this weekend, just before uh, the Saturday games at my pub. I'll have me... Uh, pillow and the the doona and i'll just uh, settle in there for the weekend i think mate in all seriousness i think this weekend will be the last bit of rugby league we see for quite some time what are your thoughts yeah look it's um i don't even want to think about it. i don't know what i'll do with my life without footy it's it's sort of like you dream about footy coming back for for three months and then um you start having a punt super coaches going everything's humming along nicely and then this piss-weak Mexican lager fucking virus comes along and just fucks everything up. I'm not happy about it, but you're right. I think this will be the last week, and then she'll be all done and dusted. 
back onto Pornhub, eh? Yeah, yeah. Well, I've, I've upgraded the subscription, so... Um, Playing chestnut checkers, I love it. <laughs> Let's have a look, mate. We are in our Champions League this week. Us two pretenders, we managed to lose both of our games. Who did you yep. play and uh, how did yours shape up? Mate, I had the, the SC playbook, so the Supercoach Spy. The new kids and on the block, eh? Yeah, mate. Yeah, look, uh, it was close. We went down by uh, 29 points. So well, we had a couple of really bad performances. Justin O'Neill, um, six points because he didn't play much of the game. Got knocked out. Uh, Luke Keary had a shocker with 17 points. But other than that, um, the team looked pretty good. Uh, we had Reed Mahoney um, getting that try. Jason Tomalolo got 70, played bulk minutes. C.Y. Takahiro, he had a great game. Uh, so not too bad, but yeah, look, the playbook was just a little bit more consistent across the park. SE Spy and I had a, a bet, so David Fafita just needed to get within five and a half points of Jason, Jason Tomalolo, and he actually beat Jason Tomalolo by five points. So I lost that bet there. Yeah, look, he had Jerome Hughes, 82, Cam Smith, 70, Lucy Lay Lewis, 64. So it was close. He just sort of got me because uh, I had a couple of poor performances from my boys. Does uh, Cam Murray score, scoring 43 points, is that a worry for you? Uh, it is. It is. Uh, I did like the way that he sort of rotated through the pack. I think he was keen keen to run lines and go hard. I just don't think Cody Walker used him well enough. So I think that'll develop throughout the season. Well, I'm hoping anyway, if there is a season. Um, but yeah, just definitely not he's capable at 43, that's for sure. What about you, mate? How'd you go? Mate, I came up against the Magic Sponge this week. And um, I'll tell you what, my team could do with a sneaky little... Magic sponge with all my injuries, but um, this is how you know I, I I've approached it this season. I've got a heap of value injured players that I'm waiting to come back. And between you and I, I think I might be the only bloke in the world cheering on the old uh, coronavirus. I've got my jersey out cheering them on, yeah. hoping that it hits and everyone gets a little break for a little while. And my injured boys like Johnny Bateman, Alex Glenn, Jazz Tavunga, Matt Moyle, and all come back fit. So I'm walking around licking people. I'm doing everything I can at the moment. <laughs> yeah, nice. Funnily enough, I uh, I was at a game of footy the other night and a game of junior footy watching my team play. And this was on last Wednesday night. And uh, Bronson Cherry was there watching his little cousin play. So, you know, I've spoken to him a little bit on my Instagram page. So I introduced myself. We shook hands. We spoke for a little bit. That was all good. Went our separate ways. And um, I'm sitting there on on Thursday or Friday night watching the footy. And what comes across the news? Bronson Cherry may have coronavirus. So I'm sitting there Ooh. absolutely shitting myself thinking about everything I've touched the last 24 hours, everyone I've spoken to, I've spread it here, I've spread it there. So it was a pretty restless little night for me. And uh, and then I woke up in the morning to find out he was all cleared and I was just doing another one of my grade three carry-ons. Mate, you could have been that guy where everyone just goes, that guy. Oh, mate, if I was, I would have gone around to each and every one of my draft players and licked them up and down to get a little break <laughs> for my injured boys to come back. Yeah, yeah, nice. Now, uh, my week, I ended up losing by about 80 points, probably 90 points, actually, realistically. Um, yeah, it wasn't a great week for me. My just my biggest disappointment, and he was my biggest disappointment across every draft team I had, was Herman SASA. You know, he only played 20-odd minutes there, um, scored his 20 points, but 
I expected him to get much more minutes than that. So I'm interested to just see how that unfolds. Maybe if he was a bit crook, if there was an injury, I'm just hoping that's how it went down. Because I find it strange you'd start him at 13, only use him for 20-odd minutes. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's it's sort of strange uh, how that pack rotation worked. Uh, Dave Clemmer got uh, only, I think it was 40-something minutes as well. So although his output's... Um, crazy, so he still had a good game. But yes, yeah, so a couple of blokes there that um, yeah should have got some big minutes didn't. So I mean, you've got the both back rowers there getting 80. You'd think SASA should get at least 50, but then the Saifidi brothers sucked up a lot. Actually, Jacob got more minutes than Daniel. That's another head scratcher. So yeah, crazy man. I don't know what's going on there at the pack. The Saifidi boys were massive the other day. That's the best game I've seen uh, the two of them play. They were huge. Um, yeah, they had the, a great game, man. The other one that disappointed me in my team, which was hard to watch because, you know, he, he showed that he was keen, but they just kept using him all wrong, in my opinion, was um, Braden Burns. Only scored 24 points, and he, you know, he, he was hitting a hard line off off Cook from dummy half that he turned the ball over two or three times, where if he catches that, you know, he's probably a chance to score. But, you know, I don't think I've seen Burns play a worse game, to be honest with you. He's still got 24 points, so I'm hopeful he's still going to come good for the rest of the season. What do you think of Burns? Yeah, that sort of ties into what I was saying on that left edge for the Bunnies. Uh, it's got all the potential in the world to just be a world better, hasn't it? So, you know, Cody Walker drifting across field. He's got Murray just running those hard, straight lines into the ga- gaps in the defense, and then out the back you've got Burns. You should have Mitchell sort of sweeping around there, and then you've got the skyscraper on the end there, Campbell Graham. So, Mate, if it clicks, no one will be able to stop it. It just didn't sort of work. It was clunky. They weren't running the right lines. They weren't in the right position. Uh, so early in the season. So I think I think eventually it will be the number one attacking edge in the game. I was lucky enough to, to draft our boy, uh, Appy Curacao. Wasn't his game just unbelievable? Sexiest performance of the round uh, I really I'm, I'm an ex-hooker um, an ex-working girl so mate that's exactly what you want from your dummy half excellent service uh, to Nathan Cleary had him on the front foot all the time and that's what they missed last year the Panthers the service from dummy half it wasn't crisp like it was on the weekend so that was that's the first thing he he de- delivered for the Panthers was that nice delivery and then of course 59 tackles and, and ducking tackles he was Mayweather it was crazy like bang 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 um he was really impressive De- definitely my favorite performance of the weekend I also had uh Tommy Travojevic in my team and you know Ooh. I guess yeah it stung heaps it fucking stung heaps seeing him get 22 points but I mean every team's got to play Melbourne at one stage and you expect a low output when you play Melbourne but 22 that was lower than I ever expected actually had a really good game in real life. Uh, I thought his defensive game for the Eagles was really on point. He saved three or four tries. So um, it, just the attack all across the park for, for Manly was really clunky. Uh, it's you know it's early doors, isn't it? So um, it'll all come across with more time on the park. But just seeing him save those tries was really good to see. He, see, he looks fit and confident, so that's good signs. I had a bloke jumping on my um, Instagram page during the week telling me about how poorly Tom Travojevic played. And I thought, did you close your eyes whenever the Storm had the ball? He was, no, he was everywhere. He was, he shut, he literally shut down Storm's attack in some parts of the game 
by himself single-handedly. So, I mean, Supercoach, you don't get points for great defense, but real life, it was, yeah. I was, I was chatting to a man. I hate Manly, and I was chatting to a Manly fan after the game. I had to give him props. I said, mate, Tom Trevojevic, that's what you want to see. Of course, you got Tommy, Teddy, Ponga, these guys that are just electric and attack, but I really like to see them back it up with great defense, and all of them on the weekend were pretty, pretty handy in defense. Let's uh let's run through some of the games from the weekend and just talk about guys that impressed us. Uh, Parramatta defeated Canterbury eight two. Ryan Madison sixty two points in a pretty scrappy affair. Um, you know, essentially it looks like sixty two is going to be his base for each year. Uh, for each game, sorry. You know, him and Moses didn't really connect all that much. I think that'll improve as we go. He's going to be a real contender, isn't he, Ryan Madison? The thing with uh, Maddo is is his base. And sort of I talked about this in the weekly rubdown earlier in the um, preseason that he was getting like 52, 55 points without doing anything special um, every game. And that's that's great for an edge back row because sometimes they can get lost with those base stats and not get involved as much as you want them to. So Maddo's that guy that's always going to get, you know, like he got, what did he get, 38 tackles. Um, he made a handful of runs. So... Every game, you're going to be looking around that 55. And then all of a sudden, a couple of tackle breaks and offload. Moses puts him into a gap close to the line, and you're looking at 80, 90 points. So, yeah, mate, he's solid. He's one of the most solid back rowers you can get in the game. There's a lot of fear around uh, Mitch Moses after his first game. The amount of people talking about trying to trade uh, Mitch Moses has blown me away. Like, if you picked him at the start of the year, why on earth would you be getting rid of him after one week? It's ludicrous. This is this is what you get with Moses. If you don't think this is what how Moses plays, you're not watching the game. You're a fucking moron. He'll give you 20 points one week and 140 the next. That's the roller coaster that Mitch Moses is. If you're expecting to have a halfback that's going to get you 50 to 70 points every week, week in week out, you got the wrong bloke. If you drop him the week he's playing the Gold Coast Titans as well, you are kidding yourself. Pack up, delete. Actually, throw your fucking computer out the window. Um, and just give up. The next quarantine yourself from everything. The next game of the week, Raiders defeating the Titans 24-6. Uh, obviously, Jack Whiten exploded in the first 30 minutes of that game and got um, somewhere around 100% of his points in that opening 30 minutes. He was very quiet in the second half, uh, but that's what Jack Whiten's capable of, isn't he? Oh, mate. I, I was all over Jack Whiten. I picked it like a dirty nose in um, the weekly rubdown last week. The right edge for the Titans is poor. Uh, it was poor all l- last year. And then adding Ash Taylor and K- the Cardi party next to each other. I'm not sure how they thought that was going to work, but yeah, Jack Whiten was all over it. And he's the type of player that loves to tuck the ball, take the line on if he sees a bee's dick of a gap in the de- defense. And that's what he did. So mate, easy, easy points there. Speaking of taking the line on his halves partner, Georgie Williams, he really impressed me the other day. And super coach, he looks to be great pedigree. I know it was against the Titans, but mate, you can only play what's in front of you. And I think, you know, you can see when you've got a good halfback in front of you. And I think Georgie Williams is definitely one of those. Oh, big time, mate. 58 points. Um, and that's without Bate, Bateman in the side. Once he gets Bateman in the side and he's running off his hip and he can use him um, to the best of his ability there, mate, he could be an easy 60 average player. I really like the way he played. He's a gutsy um, pommy. They're all, they all play like that. Plenty of heart, plenty of physicality. Uh, yeah, very impressed with his game. I thought um, Philip Sammy for the Titans was an absolute standout. They only looked dangerous uh, when the pill was in his hands. I think he scored 70-odd uh, in Supercoach without scoring a try, so he was very impressive, wasn't he? 
oh, 18 runs, 222 running mat is like, that's what you want from your fullback. You just want him doing plenty of work. And he had, um, he had something like seven tackle breaks and offload. Like he had for super coach, he ticked all the boxes. He did everything. So very, very impressive from Sammy, but obviously AJ coming back into that side shortly will push him to probably to one of the wings where he won't be as effective. The other game on Friday night saw the Cowboys open their new stadium against the Broncos. Uh, Brisbane came home with a seven-point victory. Uh, Payne Haas once again came out and apparently played for 400 minutes and did all of his work and got a score close to 80. Essentially, base stats, you know, I was sort of looking at him going, he's kind of had a bit of a quiet game here, but, you know, that's just compared to what he normally does where he's breaking 5,000 tackles. There's line breaks, there's offloads, setting up tries, but... In what I considered to be a reasonably quiet game from him, he still managed to score 70-odd points. He's just a juggernaut, isn't he? Absolute beast. Uh, so the reason why his scores weren't so um, hectic, like an 80 or 90 or something like that, he just didn't do anything um, to add on to those base. But, mate, 30 tackles, 19 runs, bam. All day, every day. That's what your front row is doing for 80 minutes. Thank you very much. So, mate... That's that's his base. That's his very least he's going to do. Then you add in a few tackle breaks, an offload, a line break. Mate, it doesn't get any better than Haas. And if you picked him in the first round, you're rubbing your hands together. You've got a massive heart on. You're loving what he's doing. Especially over the next few weeks with uh, Tavita Pangai Jr. spending some time on the sideline, which is so strange for him, isn't it? Oh, mate. Uh, well, he sort of came out uh, in the preseason and sort of said, you know, like, this is the way I play. I'm not changing anything. I'm an aggressive type player. And, um, mate, Tavita, we believe you, mate. <laughs> mate, Loose. the Broncos should do some sort of a promotion each year with their members that every week someone gets to sit next to TPJ in the crowd, shouldn't they? Yeah, big time. Yeah, 100%. Well, he's even when he comes back, like, you know, it's only going to be two, three games before he's suspended again or he does a hammy or rolls an ankle or something like that. So he's definitely not the type of player that's going to play 24 games out of the season. But uh, when he's on there and he's playing well, like 88 points, he was in everything. He's, yeah, he's, he's a fantastic player. It's just he doesn't like to be on the park for the whole season, does he? On the other side of the park, we had Jason Tamalolo. He put in a stint of 59 base stats. Um, you know, Tamalolo just doing Taumalolo things. Um, I spoke on my podcast yesterday. The Cowboys, they're just not the same team without him when he's on the park, are they? No, no way. Uh, he played huge minutes. Um, same, similar sort of vein as uh, Payne Haas. If you're giving these big boppers who love to get in and do the work, uh, if you're giving them big minutes, you're going to get big output, big scores. So, mate, there's not much more we can say about the big fella. He is, he is super coach porn. I thought um, Val Holmes, you know, it didn't shock me, but he got all the raps in the world after the game. I thought he was a little bit underdone personally. Um, under the high ball has always been a bit of an issue for him. It was again the other night. He uh, he let in that try where he was at first marker and he, he kind of shot up out of the pass. And I guess that's part of what he's going to have to get used to. Like just that That's just one aspect of the game that's changed since he left that the fullback now defends in the front line when you're on your try line. There's a few things he's got to get used to, but... You can already see that he's starting to get back to where he was, can't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, in real life, yeah, that's that's sort of where his game is lacking a little bit is the defense and how he's reading the defense and his positional play. But for super coach, he's doing all the right things. I'm really impressed with his ball work um, and his ball movement. I thought that would be lacking coming back in the game. I knew we could just tuck it and run with it. Um, but he's pretty slick in the back line. 
And, um, mate, having on the pegs on him, he's quadzilla. He's definitely bulked up the pegs. He's looking real good, hard to stop close to the line. I thought um, Isan Masters had an absolute cracking game for them as well. He, you know, he, he's a guy that I wasn't sure if the move up there would be the best thing for him, but gee, he's going off his round one game. He's keen. He's 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 bloody hungry, isn't he? This is what I love to see from centers, right? Twenty three runs, rolling the sleeves up, doing the hard yards, putting your hand up, having a go. These days. You know, it's a lot of the wingers that come in and have those runs, and the centers just stand there with their uh, their dick in their hands. So it was really good to see Isan get involved, uh, and I think it's just going to—he just loves to to get in there and have a go. And very dangerous with the ball in hand. Obviously, we know he's got a a um, a nice inside stab and an offload and a tackle break in him. So he's up for a massive season. The other combo that really impressed me for the Broncos was um, their right edge of um, Jesse Arthurs and Katoni Staggs. They looked really dangerous. Yeah, so, I mean, Staggs' Stags game is built on just running hard and hoping blokes in front of him fall over. So he's... um, He's looks he looks bigger again this this year, and all he's going to be doing this year is just running hard and straight. And if they give him the ball at the right time, he's going to be scoring some tries. Um, yeah, Arthur's had a fantastic game, had plenty of runs, plenty of meters, uh, line break in there. So look, that back line's looking pretty solid. Didn't see Darius Boyd at all. He was he was uh, a, a nothing in that team. Um, but Asako really impressed with his hit out at fullback. Um, pretty much confirmed everything that everyone was saying in the Supercoach world before uh, Bird got the nod that this kid at fullback is the real deal. Yeah, he really did look the goods, didn't he? You know, he had a few small errors at the end of the game, which people bagged him for, but like, (laughs) that's just shit that happens when you're playing footy. If you're getting cramps, you can't help yourself, can you? Mate, if, if you're asking for the ball 15, 16 times a game and you're running like he runs... Sometimes you're gonna drop the ball. Sometimes you're gonna make mistakes. Like that's you got to take the good with the bad. But his involvement was huge, and um, mate, he looked really good running the ball. Uh, Saturday afternoon saw the Newcastle Knights take on the New Zealand Warriors. The Knights won twenty nil. Uh, it really was the KP show, wasn't it? Uh, twenty six runs, two hundred and thirty four meters. He was just all over the place, wasn't he? Yeah, even and it was a terrible day to play football. Um, even watching it was difficult because it was foggy and the rain was making it hard to sort to sort of get a clear picture of the game. But Dylan Ponga is ridiculous. I mean, it doesn't matter if that was a dry track, he'd have scored four tries. Like really, he was in everything. Nineteen runs, um, and just like we we talked about it last week as well, that drift across to the left. And that nice cutout board of Edric Lee, it's on. It's on all the time. So if you've got him, every week he's a VC or a captain option. A bloke every that really week. impressed me for the Knights that, you know, this bloke cops a heap of shit on social media. And I, I think he's going to turn out to be a really good footballer was the right centre, um, Shibasaki. I thought he had a really strong game. I think he's improved a lot. I think I'd probably be moving him to the left side until Bradman Best comes back. I think a big body like him could be really dangerous on there. What are your thoughts on Shiba? Yeah, actually, I was the same. Like I, um, I sort of stood up and took notice of Shibasaki there with a couple of runs that he had because when he was at the at the uh, Broncos, I was sort of like, oh, I'm not in. I'm not on this kid. Like 
they're touting him to be like this great player, but I wasn't too impressed with him. But he definitely had a great game at the Knights. He, he, seen, he runs the ball really hard. He thrashes around. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely uh, took no, notice of his game. And uh, he'll be on most free agent lists as well. So definitely could be a, a matchup dependent play there for the Knights. Uh, if he's got a good matchup, pick him up, play him. You know, you might be in for a 60-point game. Obviously, being on the right side for the Knights at this point in time, it's it, it's not a positive. But you know, you never know what can happen, and you know there might be more opportunities opportunities presented to him. Let's move to their left side, their strong side, and Kurt Mann, another mixed bag from Kurt Mann. I suppose that's what you've got to get used to. One minute he's setting up tries, the next minute he's just dropping the ball cold. What was your thought on Kurt Mann's game? He does a job for the Knights, um, and it's more more real life stuff for the Knights here. Um, he plugs a hole, and they love him there at the six uh, because he doesn't command too much of the ball. He's safe in defense. Um, he can put a nice little move on, a try assist or something like that when he's needed, but um, at the same time, he can get, just get the fuck out of the way and let Ponga do his, his work as well. You know, He's not one of those halves that's, that's, um, that doesn't want to be overshadowed by the fullback. Um, and I think that links well with Ponga coming up and taking over and just telling um, Kurt to, you know, take a step back this this uh, set. I've, I've got it. 24 tackles and one missed tackle for Kurt Mann. It's a pretty good knock, isn't it? Hey, that's that's what you want, um, especially when you're looking at teams that have got uh, halves like Ben Hunt and uh, Ash Taylor, Drinkwater, some guys that, you know, got six or seven missed tackles um, in the game. That's a massive defensive frailty, and teams will be exploiting it this week and running straight at those blokes, especially some of these massive centers and two RFs. I mean, you got to have your halves be able to, you know, cut blokes in half. And you, you look, you got Pierce on one side, excellent defender, and you've plugged man in there, and obviously no one's getting past him either. So that's just goes to show you it's twenty nil. They didn't let any points in from the Warriors. So defense, baby. One thing that did surprise me was Brayley playing the full 80. One thing that didn't surprise me was Brayley only scoring 40-odd points. That's sort of what you can expect from Jaden Brayley, isn't it? Yeah, look, um, both Brayley brothers are pretty much your meat and potato hookers. They're just going to get through their tackles. They're just going to concentrate on great delivery out of dummy half to their halves. Um, and if they see you know, some slow marker defense, something like that, they might take a scoot. But you're not getting massive attacking upside with these with, with these guys, so you're going to be floating around that mid forty average for the entire year. For the Warriors, there really wasn't a heap doing, um, except for the man that came off the bench for them, Katoa, who's starting this week. He really impressed me. He did a lot, didn't he? Um, never heard of the bloke, but uh, came on and did a did a plenty plenty of runs, sixteen runs, seventeen tackles. Uh, so he was quite impressive. If he gets eighty minutes this week, you should have him in your side. I hope I'm wrong, but, you know, history does tell us that if a second rower bursts onto the scene at the New Zealand Warriors you've never heard of, there's a good chance six weeks later you'll never hear of them again the way that um, Kearney handles his team. But I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, uh, I'll be honest. I don't want anything to do with any Warrior players at the moment, just with what's going on at the moment, whether they go home, whether they're going to be a team in the NRL. It's just too much to worry about. Yeah, I'd just be steering. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. 
quickly. And if you've got Roger Tuivasa Sheck, mate, put the line out there and just see what you can get for him. Um, there might be some mad believers out there that still love Roger. And if you can get a handy replacement for him, I would be doing that. You'd have to assume if the NRL does continue, the Warriors are more than likely not to be a part of it, in my opinion. And if they are, they're going to be pushing shit uphill, aren't they? Exactly. And, you know, there's already a couple of blokes that have um, you know, put their hands up and said, look, we're going home. We're not playing. So uh, it's only going to take two or three more of those guys to uh, follow suit and go home to their families. And then all of a sudden, yeah, the Warriors are dead. Saturday, the 5.30 game was the Rabbitohs up against Cronulla Sharks. Rabbitohs won 22-18. Uh, had a pretty close finish. You'd have to think if Bronson Cherry wasn't busy shaking my hand and giving me coronavirus, he probably would have won that game for them, wouldn't he? Yeah, interesting game. Uh, it was one of those games that had a lot of question marks over it and we needed a lot of answers. Um, and to be honest, coming away from it, I've still got those questions. Uh, not, a, I didn't get a lot of answers from it, but yeah, Bronson Cherry could have been the difference there. Um, it, was, it was the game of the halves, though, wasn't it? It was Reynolds and SJ just turning it on. It was, yeah, the right versus the right. Mate, I cannot believe that Sione Katoa caught all those balls. He's normally an absolute lottery. He did so well, didn't he? Yeah, he was really good. And just a point to talk about here, Sione Katoa. So he was on the right, came on for the right, um, which is normally... Latalo's edge, am I correct? I believe so, yeah. Those those points and those tries don't belong to Katoa. That belongs to the right edge winger. Whoever plays that right edge wing is going to get those points because the right edge is humming. SJ looked good. So don't jump all over Katoa just yet because Molotalo coming back in the side might shift Katoa out to the left and Molotalo comes into the right because I've only seen Ronaldo play on the right. So just something to think about. Um, it wasn't really Katoa's performance. I just think he was the beneficiary of that SJ right attack. And I think the other point to watch out for on that right side, you know, he didn't get as much ball on the weekend in attacking opportunities, but I think Jesse Ramian's going to be the man that you want to own on that edge. Yeah, super base heavy, isn't he? He's um strong run of the ball, gets in, makes plenty of tackles for a center. So it's like anything. It's like, you know, the bunnies were talking about that left edge clicking. It's going to take some time for Ramey and SJ to get a nice little combination happening. And once that does happen, I think Ramey's in for, for some tries. And with a player that's got such a great attacking base in him, you throw in a few tries, mate. That's that's perfect. Uh, guy for South that really impressed me, uh, Tavita Totola. I picked him up last minute in our comp and... You know, 17 hit-ups, 198 metres. He really, he led from the front, didn't he? Yeah, like, uh, did a lot with the minutes that he got. I think he only got maybe 52 minutes, but he was very busy. Um, Great to see from a big prop, you know, bookend getting in there and doing plenty of work, 24 tackles as well. Had a line break in that score as well, uh, but without that, you're still looking at, you know, high 50s, um, 60 points. So, yeah, great pickup, man. That's great. Another front rower that really impressed me. I'm not his biggest fan, but I must say, fuck, he had a good game the other day. Aaron Woods. Shazza. Yeah, look, Shazza's your meat and potatoes um, bookend. Uh, he's going to get through the tackles and the hit-ups. Um, has a sneaky little offload as well, but it's just the minutes. If he gets minutes, he's going to he's gonna give you some decent points. His PPM's around the, that one. So with the pack there at the Sharks being a little bit depleted and some of those guys not playing big minutes, you know, Shazza could be in for, you know, a 55 average season. 
I thought um, Jack Williams, he played 61 minutes. He got 41 points, which you're not unhappy with, but you're not stoked with either. I thought he looked much better than a 41-point game. What were your thoughts on Williams? I think a lot of Williams' games game came into his confidence level. He dropped a few balls. You know, he's a young kid. Uh, his confidence went down. You could see when he gave the ball over a couple of times, he went quiet in the sets that were after that. So I think if he gets a couple of games under his belt where it's mistake-free and he puts in good performances, he could do anything. His PBM should be up around that one. So with 60 minutes, he should be getting 60 points. I just think he, his confidence was down. Maybe the bright lights might have, might have had an effect there. You know, um, I like him. I do like him. Um, it's just, I think, yeah, maybe the, the occasion got the best of him there. Another bloke that I was, you know, I was happy with how he played. I was very disappointed with his super coach output was Blake Braley. I thought he looked much better than 38 points in 80 minutes. I mean, if you're one of the classic players that went with Braley over Appy, you're in some Barney rubble, aren't you? Yeah, I've never, I've never been big on him. I, people have said that Blake has the better attacking game than Jaden, but I think they're cookie cutter the same, mate. Like I, I, I really think, like I said before, they're just your meat and potato hooker. You're just going to get, you know, that 40 to 45 points every game. I don't think the team needs them to do anything other than that. I think they just want clean delivery, make your tackles. I think uh, Andrew Fafita sort of, he threw up exactly what we expected, didn't he? Yeah, look, it's going to be a bit of a, a slide back into some decent minutes and some output for Andrew Fafita. Obviously, he's got that ongoing knee issue. That's got to be playing around with his mental state as well and his confidence. Um, 12 runs, that's not bad. Um, he, he didn't really get involved in, in defense, which brought his base down. Uh, 31 is disgusting for Andrew Fafita, but I just think give him time. He should be back, um, you know, after the coronavirus leaves us. Another one that disappointed me a little bit, you know, maybe I had my stocks too high on him, was um, Hamlin Ueli. You know, in 41 minutes, I would have kind of expected him to get 40-odd points being one of those explosive front rowers. Uh, Came up with 35. It's not awful, but, you know, I had him as one of my starting props, which, of course, was a huge punt. But he went... he definitely went under what I was expecting from him. Yeah, the thing that was uh, missing in Hamlin Ueli's game was those tackle breaks. He, he really didn't bend the line much. I thought the Rabbitohs forward pack really stood up and, and took the Sharks pack on and were pretty sound defensively. Usually, Braden Hamlin Ueli, he, you know, every time he runs the ball, you know, it's 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 a seventeen point run. You know what I mean? Like he's got an offload on him. Uh, usually, the first two defenders are dropping off him, so that was the only thing that was missing in his game. It was very stock standard from him. And if you want him to get those great points, you need him to to be have, having that uh, uh, attacking upside. So, strange old game, um, the Rabbitohs Sharks. One, like I said, a lot of questions there before the game started, and I've still got a lot of questions now. Later that night, we saw uh, the Penrith Panthers come from behind. The Roosters led 12-0, and the Panthers ended up winning 20-14. to um, Pretty impressive performance by Penrith. I mean, I never look into the Roosters too much in round one. It's been a pretty disrupted preseason, you know, after winning the comp, then going to England, and then so, you know, I, I don't look too much into round one. But for Penrith, I mean, the Roosters only scored two tries. They were both off kicks. So Penrith's defense, I think uh, they're here to play this year, aren't they? Very good-looking football team at the moment, Panthers. They did all the right things. Their forward pack was going forward, getting on the front foot. Quick play the balls, 
excellent service from dummy half, like we said, from Appy. And then you had Nathan Cleary playing both sides of the field, making excellent attacking decisions. Uh, and then their backs did their work coming out of their own 20 as well. Look, all around the park, just an excellent performance by them. And Roosters, they look like they're a bit hungover, a bit tired, a bit sluggish. So, like I said, I wouldn't be taking much out of that, but uh, you've got to give Panthers their due. That was an excellent game. Mate, their winger, Brian To'o, I'm not sure if there's a, a better dummy half scooter in the game. I, I, I haven't seen a bloke run as hard as him in a long time. Loves the tough stuff, doesn't he? Like, he's, he looks like a diminutive sort of bloke, but um, he can break a tackle, and he loves that plenty of runs, and he can finish as well. I thought, uh, I thought Josh Mansour looked like he was back to his best too. He was really impressive runs mate that's what you want out of him and if he's going to put up those those sort of performances for 2020 um yeah the man source is back i spoke about him last week about my guy to watch and um you know he's i'm sure everyone's seen the highlight now of um stephen crichton coming onto the field and scoring in the first 15 seconds i'll be shocked if he's not in this starting lineup within a few weeks oh god play him at fullback i mean caleb bacon's had a great game very solid but nothing too flashy. I mean, he did his job, but if you can have that Crichton on there, you're right. You sort you said to me, he's got that type of build that's hard to handle, long, rangy limbs, runs hard. Um, he's got a nice step on him. He could just be anything. I'd be playing him at fullback and, and sending Caleb Aikens back to um, Rezzy's. I've been watching him for a little bit play uh, New South Wales Cup, mate, and I've seen him play right centre. I've seen him play left wing. I've seen him play fullback. If I was any of the Panthers players, I'd be putting in some extras at training because I'd be very nervous. He could take any of their spots, couldn't he? Oh, big time. Oh, big time. Yeah, like they obviously like him. They're carrying him on the bench. They don't need to carry him on the bench. So I think that's I think that's a call out to the, the starting 13, having him there in that number 14 just saying, yeah, we like him. So if you're not putting in, he's going to get a start. If I was Dean Vare, I think I'd be uh, looking over my shoulder just quietly. Oh, the thing with Farre is they love him. They do the love Panthers him. Panthers yeah. love him. He's a great defender. Doesn't do anything in attack, but they love him. I, I, I think Naden misses out before Farre does. Naden's impressed me over the last eighteen months. He's re- he's just come from nowhere, hasn't he? Hey, big boy. Um, it's funny because obviously I've had I had him last year at, at points, and he can go from being on six points to being on sixty in about ten minutes. I mean. He doesn't get a lot through a lot of work, but he's very, very handy at points when um, you need him to attack, um, chasing kicks, nice hard straight runs at the line. So you got to try, but he's still only got forty-five super coach points. So he's a tough one to have in super coach, but in real life, yeah, he's very handy. I've been saying for a while now that I think Victor Radley is the most underrated player in the NRL, and he he is the core to everything the Roosters do. And fuck, he had an absolute shocker the other night, and it really showed from that half an hour period on after he set up that try, a couple of drop balls, a few ordinary tackles, and it really started to fall apart for them, didn't it? Yeah, look, yeah, let's talk about my my uh, beloved Roosters here, Radley. I think he's one of those guys that is more a real-life player. They have him in the middle there. He's solid. Um, he backs up a lot of plays. Uh, he hasn't got a lot of upside in him, just really solid sort of stuff. But you're right, he, he can be quite inconsistent. So that would have been one of his, his down games. Um, 
but I was really impressed with the uh, the props for the Roosters. They played big minutes. Uh, so Jared and Siwa, they had great games. They both played over 55 minutes, and they got through a mountain of work. Jared, 42 tackles and 13 runs, and Siwa, 28 tackles and 15 runs. So they were really impressive. Yeah, it was a big game in the uh, in the engine room for those for those two. Uh, the other forward that impressed me was Mitchell Orbison. You know, scored a try off a kick. Um, but, you know, he, he got 41 base starts and he spent the last um, however long playing out in the centres. So, I mean, if you've got him to plug him at centre, I think that's a huge win for you. Yeah, if he keeps that spot um, in the second row playing 80 minutes, Mr. Fix-It, yeah, he'll do a job for you. Even if he's getting that those 40s, 45s, I mean, if that's in your CTW spot, that's gold. Uh, Daniel Tupu was another one that impressed me, super coach wise um, 22 runs. If he's doing that every week, you're flying, aren't you? I'm a massive fan of Daniel, um, and that's what you'll get out of him. He loves to have those tough hit-ups. Um, they didn't really use him like I thought they'd use him. Um, he should have just been jumping all over the top of Brian Toto. I mean, he's giving away about two feet there. So didn't use him to his full potential. Luke Kiry should have been putting bombs after bomb after bomb up for Toops there. And, um, yeah, they've got, to, they've got to look at that. That's, that's his game, Toops is in the air. Put the bomb up, let him go get it, and, mate, they'll score points. Especially with these new rules, he has to be a target, doesn't he? Big time. And then, like, look at the matchup. Look at who you're coming up with. Daniel Tupu up against Brian To'o. He'll never win, Brian. That He's never winning that battle. On Sunday, we went over to Brookvale Oval and watched Manly take on Melbourne. And for me, this was probably my favourite game of the week. I guess if you're a real um, traditionalist of rugby league, watching these two defend up against each other, it was something special, wasn't it? It was. Um, I was all over the, the storm here. Like I've said before, I'm not a big Manly fan, being an ex-North Sydney Bears supporter. Uh thing that I took away from this game, especially for the storm, is their right attack. So... Past years with Croft at the helm on that right edge, uh, the right attack really went downhill. Vunavalu's scores went out the window. Um, Kafusi just disappeared. But with Hughes at halfback there running that right edge and his kicking game was unbelievable. I mean, he had that thing on a string. You saw Kafusi had a pretty solid game and Vunavalu get two tries. So... They're two blokes that you should be having a look at on your free agent or waivers because I I think the Melbourne Storm right edge is back. Mate, I, I even though you know, the Melbourne Storm, they managed to keep Manly to no tries, incredible effort, I thought Manly's defence was unbelievable as well. To only keep Melbourne to three tries when they're all off kicks, good knock, isn't it? Fantastic, fantastic game defensively. And... The man that probably everyone's dirty on, Tommy Javojevic, with 22 supercoach points, he had a, a fantastic defensive game and literally saved two or three tries on his lonesome. So I think Manly did pretty well for most of the game. And, it, you know, it's a long game, 80 minutes when you're defending the storm and, you know, it just fell away there at the end. The bloke that probably impressed me the most out of this game was Jesse Bromwich. Um you managed to get him off the waiver wire this morning, and I am oh, filthy. You. Tell me about Jesse. Yeah, big game from Jesse. Obviously, some inflated minutes there with Dalfinuk and splitting his whole skull open. 
Um, and then obviously not having Brandon Smith on the bench. Uh, so, and I think they, they do like to, to keep Nas and that Kamakamika to low minutes because they're more an impact. They're big boys. They want to go on there, smash it out for 20 minutes and then come off again. So Jesse did get a, a bulk of that minutes there for the pack, 31 tackles, 20 runs. He was in everything. If you give him the minutes, he's going to be a great player for you. And it was pretty much all in base. So 70 points from your prop. That's beautiful. And yeah, I, I couldn't click him on the waiver quick enough, mate. It was a bit of an odd game for uh, Manly in Supercoach. We score, we saw Martin Tapao and Jake Trevojevic go 60-plus. The next best score was 39. Yeah, it was. I think it was just a tough day at the office for the Eagles, to be honest. Um, it, it, I mean, they're playing the Storm, and it's and this is going to happen again and again to teams. They're the best defensive team in the comp, and they have been for fucking years. It hasn't changed. Teams are going to struggle against them. And if you have the ability to cycle players in and out of your team from your bench to your starting, and you can plug some guys in that are playing, that are not playing the storm, um, I'd be doing that because I mean I, I did that as well. I Ruben Garrick, usually a guy that you can bank on getting 40 points. Um, I had him on my bench because I just thought, look, there's just no way he's going to have a great game against the storm. So definitely look at that with your players coming up against the Storm because they're just great. They're just a great defensive team, and that's why they've been so um, so good for so long. The last game of the week saw the St. George Illawarra Dragons take on 35-year-old Benji Marshall, and they came up with absolute donuts, didn't they? I said this uh, last week on the rubdown that the Dragons' defense is woeful. It was woeful last year. I thought it was woeful in the trials, and it was woeful on the weekend. Um, I don't think the Tigers played all that well. I think the Dragons just made them look really, really good. Um, I'll be looking really closely at the matchups um, that the Dragons are throwing up this week for Betts and Supercoach. I think they're going to be throwing up a lot of points to the opposing players. Um, you've got Jordan Pereira there. Look great. Great player with a ball in hand, but just makes bonehead decisions in defense. Uh, he's there with Viliami. They don't have any co- cohesion there. Tim Lafay can miss the tackles at the best of time. Ravalawi didn't play most of the game, but then again, you know, he's shit in defense as well. Ben Hunt misses tackles like he breathes. Uh, look, it's just shit all around the park. The more I reflect on that game, the more I think, what the fuck is going on at the Dragons? Like, to score that try in the opening minute... The biggest gift I've ever seen, and they still got no momentum out of it. Then, 20 minutes later, Corey Thompson takes a hit up, drops his bundle, and Zach Lomax gets to put it under the sticks. They got handed 12 points there, and they just did fucking with it. They they won the lotto and still didn't manage to even compete in the game. Yep, mate, that's how bad they are. Really, that's I, I just think they are... Yes, I just think they're a steaming pile of shit. And I, I think if you're a punning man or you, you're a super coach player, look at whoever's playing the Dragons and start them or bet on any time try scorer. That's how easy it is. Kyle Flanning, uh, sorry, not Kyle Flanning, and his father, Shane Flanning, must just be sitting there going, Mary, keep warming this seat up for me because it's a matter of time, isn't it? Well, and the thing is, like, yeah, they've got so much talent at, at, the, at the club. Bringing Dufty in, I don't understand that. You've got Saab, you've got Tristan Saylor there. Some of these young kids that can come into this side and just spark up the attack. But instead, you go back to the to Dufty, who really, I mean, yes, in open field when he's got no one in front of him, no one can catch him. But if he's within 25 metres of the sideline, he's going out. 
They'll pick him up and throw him out. I just don't understand that. And Lomax, look, he had a pretty solid game. I'd rather him at fullback. Or if you're going to move Lomax to the win, bring bring in one of these kids. I, I can't believe the Muppet spent the last three months with Lomax at fullback. He set up press conference about how Lomax is moving to fullback. And then after one game, he moves him. I, I don't understand what Mary's doing there. Doesn't make any sense. Nah, it's a dead set shit show. Look, I, like I said, just have a look. Have a look at the matchups. I mean, who have they got this week? This? Jesus Christ. Yeah, like... Crichton could still get 100 off the pines. Start everyone. Start everyone. The multis, the same game multis that I'll be putting put on that game are going to be huge. In attack, um, as much as it was against the Dragons, I was pretty impressed with the right-hand side for the Tigers. Um, Benji linking up with the Leilua brothers and Afaluma. I mean, they might let in 10,000 tries, but there's definitely going to be some points scored down there, isn't there? We talked about this um, throughout the preseason. The right edge for this Tigers is just very, very sexy. And that's without Luke Brooks in the side. I think Luke Brooks' addition to that right edge when he's healthy and fit, they'll go to another level. No Faluma. Unbelievable game, but again, running at Jordan Pereira, it doesn't get any easier than that. Um, so, like I said, Tigers, great win and some really handy super coach points, but I think it goes hand in hand with how shit the Dragons were. Without a doubt, it would have been interesting to see how the Tigers went just about against any other team, but I guess. I guess... Credit where credit's due. When your halfback gets ruled out the day before, you're playing a away game, it's wet footy, it doesn't suit the players that they've brought and the team they've got. I guess you can only play what's in front of you, and I still think they did a good job there. I put it this way. So you can get pretty much even money for the Knights um, to beat the Tigers this week, and I think that's a dead-set lock. Two guys that really impressed me in that game, uh, they got a heap of base stats. Paul Vaughan produced 66 base stats and Alex Twole, 60 base stats. Very impressive stuff, isn't it? Oh, the big boys. They were, they were unstoppable. I, I'm a massive fan of Paul Vaughan and he's really the only shining light there at the Dragons. I thought he had a great game. 18 runs, 35 tackles. It doesn't get better than that. Uh, other than that, it's it's hard to sift through the Dragons' performances. I did like Blake Laurie. PP, P, PPM of one, of 1 and 60 minutes, 60 points. If, you, if that's what you're going to get from Blake... I'm happy with that. And Twalb, you know, wow. He definitely, uh, Walker, he's a big, big fan of Twal. Gets him gets him nice and hard. And, yeah, he played a massive game. So, yeah, mate, um, other than that, I thought it was a, a pretty scrappy game. Mate, especially with Paul Vaughan, when you consider he absolutely bombed a meat pie, didn't he? Yeah. I think he's in for, some, for plenty of uh, tries this year, especially when McInnes comes back. They link up nicely there close to the line. Um, and he's a big boy, Paul Vaughan, strong fella. Um, very hard to stop if he can catch the ball and just hit that line at pace. So, yeah. Let's finish off two minutes straight out of the cannon. Let's go through the games next week. Tell me who's going to win. Canterbury versus North Queensland. I'm going to take North Queensland there. Who have you got? Yeah, mate, I'll take cows, but in a close one. Close one. Dragons v Penrith. I'm tipping we're both on Penrith here. By plenty. By a heap. Uh, Rabbitohs and the Broncos. It's one of the more interesting games of the week. Personally, I think Brisbane will probably get the chocolates here. I think Souths are a few weeks away from being at their best. Who do you like? Yeah, I like the Broncos. I'd like them more if there was going to be people at the game at Suncorp, but I still think the Broncos pack would just be too hard to handle. Warriors versus Raiders. Fuck, you got to go to the Raiders here, don't you? Those poor bastards from New Zealand. Just nothing's going their way at the moment. Raiders by plenty, mate. Roosters, Seagulls. Do the Chookies bounce back for you? 
Yeah, mate. In a close one, I think the the Manly Seagulls and their defense will keep it close, but I think the Roosters get it. I'm going to say Manly come home with the chocolates there. I think they're going to bounce back, and I think they are as bad as what the scoreline looked last week. Sharks, Storm. I, I think Storm, they'll probably win this ugly because uh, that's what Cronulla do, but I'm sure they win. Your thoughts? Uh, Storm 1-12. I think Storm, to start the season every season, are 1-12 specials. Tigers v Knights. You're going Knights, yeah? Yeah, mate. I think that's great value for the Knights to get almost even money. So Knights to win for me. I'm going to take you on here. I'm going to take the Tigers to ride their momentum from last week. Next Ooh, up, to me, Goose. we've got Titans versus Eels. Um, you know, you, you want to say the Eels, don't you? Yeah, Eels pretty clunky in the last game, but uh, there'll be too much. Too much uh, talent on the park for the Titans. Uh, so I'll, I'll just go head-to-head there with the Eels. Mitch Moses, over or under 70 points? Oh, God. Seeing as he went so shit last week, I'll go over this week. Over 70? Yeah, I, I think I'd have to back in the same, especially after I fucking sucked his dick off for the last three months. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Mate, I think the thing that I'm most excited for this weekend is to see every time they kick for touch or they kick a goal, the fuck is going to be running around the grandstand, empty grandstand, collecting balls from all over the place. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be strange to to listen to the game without the crowd there. I mean, it's not gonna be much different um, for the Titans Eels games because it's pretty quiet there anyway. But for games like Broncos and uh, Bunnies, I mean, in at a packed SunCorp, it's the atmosphere is going to be um, well, obviously zero. And for teams that should have the the home field advantage, it'll be nothing. Mate, it's been a treat having you on again. Fingers crossed we're back next week to talk some Supercoach and talk about the upcoming games if we're not all in quarantine. Fuck, I hope so. Otherwise, I'll have to talk to my wife. Oh, fuck no. Hard pass from me. Mate, have a cracking weekend. Enjoy the footy. I'll see you next week. All right, go. Catch you, mate. Thanks for tuning in to Supercoach Corner once again with the Rugby League Guru. Uh, looks like a pretty wild week out there with the coronavirus, you know, set to strike any minute and probably take our beloved game away from us. But the NRL, for whatever reason, seems to be trying to push through it. So we'll see what happens. Um, we've got a Q&A podcast that will drop tomorrow afternoon to hopefully get you through the weekend. Um, and then we'll have another one early next week. So... My advice would be enjoy your footy this weekend. Get the old tape recorder out. Uh, enjoy them. Keep them for the future because it could be the last footy we see for a couple of months, if not in 2020. Uh, remember to always keep corners. Keep playing smart footy. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.